Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Review Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Yes, we will be reviewing Low Cup 2, the um, Mitre 10 Cup Round 6, I think it is, and the uh, Farrah Palmer Cup Round 7, which is the final round of the regular competition for them before they hit the finals next weekend. So we'll tell you how those finals um, have uh, come up um, as well. But uh, yes, you're all here to talk or listen um, about the uh, Bledisloe Cup 2. Let's be honest, how will the Old Wallabies go against the All Blacks after drawing last weekend? Uh, how can they do at Fortress Eden Park? Or is it called ASB Park now or some sausage sizzle place park? I don't know. Uh, they keep uh, It's all been sold and, uh, yes, our, 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 the rights and our lives have been sold to advertisers. There we go, folks. Uh, it's just not the same, is it, if you can't call it by its original name? Um, because, uh, um, Arsene, great to have you on the show. You're, you're, you're a fan of the uh, kind of the old lady um, that is Eden Park? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I'd struggle with the name change, but it was only temporary. I can live with that. It was a marketing um, gimmick. No, it's permanent. It's permanently ASB, isn't it? It's going to be, but it's, it's temporarily Sausage Chisel Park. I think no, 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 oh, no. Okay. It was just a one-off game that was Cooper's catch. So ASB were doing a marketing thing to help boost uh, a business, or they're doing a marketing thing to help boost small businesses in this COVID era that we live in, in COVID environment. And so uh, they uh, basically had uh, Cooper's Catch Stadium Park. Sorry, Cooper's Catch Park. I thought it would have sounded Cooper's Catch Stadium would have sounded better. But that's it. This is a one-off game. One-off game. Oh, okay then. Yep. And uh, no. also joining us um, is uh, Stephen, who uh, during this COVID era has been travelling around the country, um, which he must be happy to have done when he had down to that Ranfurly Shield game um, on Friday nights, and he was back up though in Auckland for the All Blacks um, uh, test. Look at me, are, are, are the uh, jet set playboy of the group. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing, sir? You got the Playboy bit right back. I'll give you that. <laughs> 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 wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, good evening, Paul and Ashwin. Great to be on the show. The, um, 
So where should we start? Let's start off with that um, inconsequential Farrah Palmer Cup game, um, the um, uh, Wellington versus Otago, or, or would you guys rather start off with um, the Bledisloe Cup, New Zealand versus Australia, do you think? Yeah, probably might as well start off with the Bledisloe because we saw it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, me, there's me just stirring and trying to wind up after in a bit um, on that one. <laughs> Um, from uh, from from some pre-show comments or or, or in, our, in our chat group um, comments. I don't know. We should we, 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 maybe we should run a poll and see what our audience wants us to talk about. <laughs> What's the season what? for polling? You think you think this is a democracy? No, this is a dictatorship. This show and this, <laughs> and this radio station. Go away. We don't have we, we don't have three yearly um, three yearly we elections. Are North, we, 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 we are the North show. Korea. We are the North Korea of radio broadcasting. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bledisloe Cup, and um, Stephen, you're a bit a bit some a bit concerned early on. You were uh, you thought the um, the Aussies came out and uh, the Wallabies came out and and uh, had yeah had a good first um, sort of uh, I don't know first first 10, 15 minutes. Well, there was a lot of structure in in, in their play, and and uh, they were attacking areas, <clears throat> and more importantly, though, actually, I thought they were getting across the game line quite easy, and it was really it really just took a couple of really good. Uh, turnovers just to sort of stop that momentum and the All Blacks for a while there. I thought they were they were sort of using the high kick game to clear from the the twenty two, giving the ball back to Australia. Um, so yeah, those those early stanzas were definitely concerning. And uh, listen, it was um, it, it's I, I thought they started really really well. Just probably for their sake, they just didn't uh, put any uh, put any points on. They needed to start really really early, quickly. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my tweet at halftime was an awful lot of rugby, not many points. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think the score gave any indication as to how much uh, how much play there was in that first half. Both sides keeping the ball in. Um, we had a lot of game in play. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, actually, it was a bit, it was, yeah, I say a, a lot of rugby um, uh, and a lot of, uh, probably, probably a lot of tired bodies already at halftime. Yeah, look, I mean, like, obviously, just before we came on air and win the green room, because we're Flash and we have a green room, um, Steve and I were talking, and this is like, just just in terms of, uh, I think where the Wallabies probably um, lost at early doors was the fact is that they were dominant in that first five minutes, ten minutes, and um, they, they didn't score the points. And what they needed is that points leads to confidence within the team. And this is like, hey, we've been down here and we've got nothing out of it. And then, you know, roles get reversed and, you know, jumping ahead a little bit here. But, you know, All Blacks go and put the first points on the board. Really, with all that dominance that the Wallabies had, wouldn't have helped with their confidence. No, and early on, um, we'll get on to – actually, no, look, look why, why not? Sidetrack. Aaron goes, uh, Dane Cole stamped his mark on the Aussies. Um I was. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see that watching the uh, watching the game. But did did uh, was there some boot action from from Dane Cole's? No, 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 no he's just referring. He's just referring to that um, early exchange. I think that you know that that went on. If we if we go back to a week ago, I think one of the things that the All Blacks was definitely missing was um, you know a bit of um, aggressive attitude, or there was a bit of fire missing out of the All Blacks last week. And maybe that was another reason why Dane Coles actually started this week, especially with White Lockout as well. Um, and, and I think it was a factor that, hey, this week we're not taking a backward step. You know, mm. you can go and hit our boys late, but we're, we're still going to yeah. step up and come at you. Just just sending an early message to Taniella Tupo. I think he uh, there was one pass that uh, hit him on the chest and he lost it. But uh, 
Dane Coles decided he should still go through with the tackle, and it was really just to make a statement. Hey, mate, whenever you're going to be there, we're going to be right in your face all day. Mm-hmm. But he, he did yep. push. He, he does, you know, it's typical Dane Coles. He does push the uh, envelope a little bit, shall we say? But uh, mm-hmm. he's just, like I say, sending a message. We're we're up for this today, lads. Sending the message that it's hey, you're not in the one A competition anymore, Taniela. <laughs> 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 oh dearie me um but there was a certain uh scrum cap a, a red one um that seemed to be following um following Bowden barrett around early on and every time he kicked um seemed to uh just get him after the kick I and mean, wilson yeah was definitely letting letting Bowden barrett know that he was uh, that uh this, this it was gonna be two ways it wasn't just going to be one-way traffic in uh in in the intensity in this game i think mean, both both teams are up for it yeah, in those early stanzas, Wilson definitely showed out whether whether he was uh, whether he was carrying. Remembering he started at uh, number eight this year with uh, Hennigan coming into the side of the scrum, and uh, yeah, he was making a few little statements with his tackling. They were all sort of a little borderline, but there was nothing that I that I saw that was uh, illegal. Just letting Bo, a little bit like uh, Coles, letting uh, Tupo know you're there. Hennigan, um, beg your pardon, Wilson letting. Barrett, no, I'm right. I'm right in your face as well. Well, I, I think yeah, absolutely. I mean, Australia just bought what they kept, bought um, that what they had in Wellington, and and the only difference was is the fact is that the All Blacks decided, hang on, we 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 didn't um, we let them get away with it last week. This week we got to bring it ourselves as well. And uh, that and I thought that they were fighting fire with fire again. I don't think there was anything untoward with that. It's just good hard physical rugby. Yeah, as you say, yeah. When you because sometimes when you say when you say fire with fire, you're suggesting um, yeah, illegal oh. stuff. No, no, that was um, <laughs> as you say. Both sides were, were were the correct side of the law, but as you say, um, just uh, yeah, proper physicality. Apart um, from one thing, physical. apart from one thing, because I, mean, I didn't see this during the game. Obviously, I mean, when, when you're at the ground, but um, <laughs> Caleb, well, well, let's face it, the star of the day, Caleb Clark, in the interview on TV afterwards is like, yeah, Hooper grabbed my nuts. what we saw was just for just for our audience they were sharing uh, peanuts at the end of the day peanuts (laughs) 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 oh dear me um but early on you talked about channel super but he he even got in the got in the get in Got, got in, on, in the egg. on the kicking action as well. I mean, a, a clearance kick from his own 22. That was a bit of a, um, what, what's, I mean, we've had Hoskins to two, two do a bit of kicking earlier in this, in the super rugby season, but he's a number eight. I mean, he's, he, we, we've seen Zinzan Brook do that in the past. Um, but, um, Tangleo Tupu, uh, a prop. I mean, this, this, this really, I mean, where is, what has happened to my game when we have props kicking the ball? I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted. But he did make that early statement. Not only was he making that early statement with the kick, but I actually thought he was making an early statement at scrum time. If we think back to the first two or three scrums, you'd be fair to say the All Blacks needed to make some adjustments or some required adjustments because I thought the first three scrums, I thought that All Black eight were going to be in for a very, very long day. Long remembering day. you've remembering you've, you've changed your changed your front row. You've taken Cody Taylor out. He's a renowned scrummagist, Sam Whitelock. Who scrums well, and I thought, boy, here, here we go. But uh, it didn't last for long. But and, and then we lost Moody as well to um, what looked like quite a nasty. I mean, he went off on the stretcher. Um, the uh, so there, shake, shaking head there, Austin. Oh, look at the tackle technique. Jeez, what a shocker! Yeah, 
I mean, I'll lead with my head. <laughs> that was, you know, yeah. so... I mean, it happens, right? It happens in a game, but... Geez, that, well, that was a really poor technique on that um, on that um, tackle, and it led to a and you know what what you expect to lead from that poor technique in that well, situation. Well, he should have done one of my tricks and just said to Sam Kane, "Yours." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he actually was. Yeah, it's just like we were saying in the stands. Oh, ref obstruction! Joe Moody stopped Sam Kane tackling him. <laughs> um, which when we saw a. Uh... A debutant on very early or, or relatively early in in Hodgman and and uh, look he he uh, a, a player that I thought was well hadn't looked big enough at sometimes as, as a as a blues prop was more a mobile prop than a than perhaps a, a big guy but yeah look he, he had a good game today didn't he? Oh. You go Steve. Yeah yeah I mean to say when he basically came on I um I I, I post on an, another website and I, I posted I'm very very concerned about Alex Hodgman's uh, scrummaging at this level and within 20 seconds I, I messaged myself again who was that idiot that made that comment <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 De definitely it's a guy obviously a guy who sounded like me um, made that comment yeah. or somebody took stomp, over your Twitter stomp, account stomp, stomp my identity I'll tell you but yeah. no, he was, listen from his first scrum he set the tone. Talk about taking your opportunities. And um, yeah. also adds a lot of mobility around the uh, paddock and was, I think he made eight or nine tackles and was 100%. Fantastic. I just wanted to come back to, uh, because, I mean, obviously, we do do we end up focusing on the all-black side of things quite a bit, but just that, that kick that um, Tupo made in the game uh, under pressure, it was just like, everybody around us like whoa you know it was like that he has got the skill sets of a back he, he might be a prop but he has actually got i mean like when you look at his passing ability in um when it, we're just in general play etc as well we know about his pace when he gets those opportunities um to use it um but he's actually got the skill sets of a back he is a phenomenal player so sorry to digress back to tupo but yeah Back, no, yeah, look, he, is, he is what what you would call a yeah a modern a modern forward, isn't he? Um, with, yeah. With, with who do who uh, yeah who who is happy as happy linking with the backs in the backs as he is um, with mixing it up front with the big boys, um, and he is <laughs> he's one of the big boys. Um, let's be <laughs> let's be honest. Um, talking of forwards, though, I mean, obviously we saw Toby coming, and we thought, hey, yeah, we know he's a good player. I think there was a bit of head scratching before this game around um, Ned Hannigan, though getting selected uh, on the blind side. But, um, I mean, to be fair to him, a couple of breaks, defended well. I, I thought he stood up today and had one of his better, one of, one of his better or even best games in a, in a, in a, in a Wallabies jersey for me. Yeah, yeah. I'll go along with, yeah, go along with that. I thought he was, I thought he was very good. Played, obviously played a big part in the um, play that uh, led up to the try and, and carried strongly and gets over the, gets over the advantage line. Everything that you can ask for a number six. Thought he was a little bit more quiet in the second half, though. Hmm. Yeah, but to be fair, I think um, you know until sort of like the game was near, sort of over. You know, in terms of a contest, I think a lot of the Australians seemed to be quite quiet in that second half for that first sort of twenty minutes of the second half, while the All Blacks dominated and took the game away from them. Um, as um, uh, as Aaron, yeah, the kid from Mongaray can play. Um. Mingery. I haven't got my I haven't got pronunciation there to get the wordplay working. <laughs> um, the, the, never mind. I, I, I tried to get it to rhyme, but it didn't, did it? Let's be honest. Um, 
I, I'm, I'll be honest, I missed it, but a little bit worried about Antonin Brown going off early. I guess it was HIA because he came back on again afterwards, but I missed what actually happened there um, when Peter Munson came on. It was only a blood, it was a blood bin, but oh, um, blood bin. Okay. yeah, honestly, like we're sitting, I mean, just so the people at home, I sit in the West End, um, you, you're looking down the field, Leonard Brown's probably about the 30, on the 35 metre mark, so to speak, on the field. You can add another 50 on for how far away we are. So we're near close, close enough to 100 metres away from him. It looks like he's got a red mask on. There was so much blood on his face. It looks like he's got a red mask on. It was like, holy crap, he must have a massive wound. So shortly after that, yeah, he went off. There was a blood bin situation, not a not an HIA. Cool. Okay. Um, I missed that one. Um, one of the top oh, actually, points- sorry, just, just, just before we move on, at that same point, I don't know if you guys saw it on TV, we saw something. The Australian manager was absolutely going off at the officials, and two, three officials were involved, and he was pointing on the field. I don't know, did anything on the TV broadcast cover that off at all? He was absolutely going off. He was, he was really throwing his toys. I know there was a, uh, leading up to one of the All Black tries, there was a, a, a clean-out that was unseen, a side-entry clean-out which um, the Australian players were complaining about. So whether it's the same incident, I'm not... I'm no, not I don't think so, because it's too early in the... That was, um, yeah, it was earlier in the game, or way early in the game, so to speak, when Leonard Brown actually went off. Yeah, that would be about the, about the quarter-hour mark for that, for when that happened. No, I, I, no, they didn't mention anything. That, okay. You know, the <clears throat> um, one of the... Uh, talking about this game, though, all I want to talk about sort of, of, of last game was that Geordie Barrett was kicking threes, um, that that experiment didn't last very long, and um, Richard Moanga was kicking this weekend. Do you think last weekend was purely about home home knowledge for, for Geordie in windy conditions? Um, and is is Richie the the long term kicker? Do you think? I don't think I don't think um, I'm not sure what's going on there to tell you the truth because I do remember in watching last week's game they did say that Geordie Barrett's actually got the higher percentage um, over Richie Moanga, uh, if I remember correctly. It is going back a week, and I am getting old, so I might have, you know, you know, made it. But um, I do remember some comment along those lines last week when they were talking about the fact that Barrett was taking the kicking. So um, yeah, I, if that, yeah, so I'm, and then as you say, Moang is kicking this week, so I'm not sure whether just you know, it's it's the modern environment, and we're just making sure that everybody has a fair turn. Do they? Just, um, a, a little point from Corrections Corner here: Actually, not getting old. You are old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got a couple of weeks to go. Harsh. Steve? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, harsh. I, 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 I was going to suggest, um, were they practicing the goal kicking at the uh, pre-kickoff, um, Ashwin? Was any of any, all the goal kickers having a, having a cricket goal? Actually, actually, I don't remember them practicing goal kicking uh, hugely um, before in the warm-ups. Um, so, no, I don't. Yeah, I, I I missed that part. Sorry, I, 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 whether I mean like you know, as you know, you, you're usually sort of cracking lots of gags with the people around you in the warm up. So well, warm ups going on. So I might have missed that part actually, but um, it didn't feel like there was a lot of kicking practice going on. No, they. Um, I just wonder if in the, uh, the days leading up to the test, if they have a bit of a practice and whoever's striking the ball the best, maybe they feeling they good. Run, they, yeah, feeling good. You know, hitting it sweetly. I suppose it's. A little bit like a, a golfer, although I'm no golfer, but I would imagine good professional golfers have better days than yeah than, than other days, you know. And you, and you get into a bit of a, a routine and get their confidence back. Absolutely, yep. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it's just like yeah, that's just like just just sort of like you say, like a golfer. It's just like this the um, the rhythm's all there, and so you go with who's feeling the best. Now, uh, so Richmond knocked over the first points, but leading up to that, we um, in that first seventeen minutes, the Australians had missed fourteen tackles, most of those to um, two players really uh, in um, Bowden Barrett um, and Caleb Clark. Bowden Barrett, um, great on counter attack um, this. Um, uh, this this afternoon, and Caleb Clark coming in off his wing and doing an awful lot of work around the ruck um, and infield uh, today. Uh, yeah, didn't uh, yeah a, a, a player who got it um, really got himself involved. That was more impre- that was the most impressive part of his of, of not just his work running. I mean, everybody's talking about his running, but his work rate. It was a there were like he cleaned up a ball on the sideline. <clears throat> And, you know, most wingers would have probably been picked up and driven over the touchline. But he still had the strength to actually actually stay in field. And he's just he's just such a big unit. He's always going to commit two or three people around that breakdown area. No, boy, you want to talk about a dream debut and locking in, locking in a jersey in your first ever test. Test, he's done it. Yeah. yeah. Um, starting debut, didn't he? he, he, he I was starting um, debut, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, 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 he, he came on last week. Then. With the uh, off the bench, well, even in a starting day, even in a starting debut, in that little white size sample we saw last week, it yep. was pretty. It was pretty handy. So this nope. week he had the, he had the full meal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but you're right. You know, after last week's game and and how disappointed All Blacks fans were, um, it's just like one thing that was that the positive side that came out of it. Everybody was saying, Let, "Caleb's got to start. Caleb's got to start." So even in that sort of entree that he had. Uh, last week, it's sort of like he 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 made a mark. <laughs> he, he's here. Come on, <laughs> but he he's sort of like he made his mark in that game last week, and he just hammered it home this week, didn't he? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it makes you wonder what we've got coming up for dessert. <laughs> we find out in two weeks. <laughs> Hey, look, one thing we saw from the all-black backline in general, so not obviously with um, um, Caleb, Geordie, and, and Bowden Barrett, they, they were just running straight and hard at that line. Um, and that's the, that, was a, that was very different to last week. It's just like they get the ball, and they, were, they weren't going wide. They were actually just going hard. Um, and, and, you know, Caleb Clark, second game, you know, debut starting match, Gee, so much to, for young kids to watch and learn. Why do players run at the man? Caleb Clark, as big as he is, he runs at gaps. He doesn't run at the man. He runs at gaps. Whereas you see so many professional players these days run at the man. So, um, you know, a lot to like. So today, straighter running, um, really engaging the defense rather than just throwing it wide, which, yes, that last week, if you saw, I think, they got caught up going side to side a bit. The fence was set and you weren't really going forward. They weren't making any meters forward before going wide. This week, punch it up, make that meter, half, two meters, three meters, four meters, and then you're starting to fracture the line and then go wide. Yeah, and so we'll get on to later uh, when we're talking about the Rams Shield game and the number of sevens players they've got. But you've got to say that um, yeah, his, uh, sort of his, 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 his time with the sevens team before being sort of brought into the full 15s, I think has helped his game. Um, and if we look at things, Artie Surveyor has also come through the sevens program. Um, I think Bowden did in his early days, didn't he? 
Um, so we got to show, show you the, the, the benefit of that sevens program that, um, uh, that, that New Zealand rugby run. Uh, and when you consider that um, England have just cut funding and cancelled their sevens program, similar things happened in Scotland as well. Uh, that um, look, if you if you run it properly, you're going to get some good players playing some good rugby uh, coming through that program. So uh, yeah, that's showing its worth um, yet again with uh, with that one. Hey, final thoughts on, um, on on Caleb Clark and getting a starting debut. George Bridgeby sort of kicking himself for wanting to try and lift weights to keep up with the big boys. Absolutely, because that's what. Um, <laughs> There's a whilst there was a lot of calls in the public um, for Caleb Clark to start this weekend, if George Bridge had been fit, um, I think he'd been on the bench again. He still would have started. Yep. His, his, no, no, no. I, I think, yeah, yeah. George Bridge would have started. George Bridge would have started. Yep. Here's, here's something a little bit. Here's something a little bit crazy, guys. That uh, 2017 under 20 New Zealand uh, team that won the World Cup in Georgia. Give you an idea who came out of this team. Caleb Clark came out of that team. Braden Enor came out of that team. Will Jordan came out of that team. Also, Jordy Barrett came out of that team. But also selected for that team, but he was injured, was Peter Umanga Jensen. What a crazy strike rate to come out of that side. Also, Dalton Papa Ali came out of that team. And also, currently, uh, Asafo Amua came out of that team. What an amazing... that You'd have to say that would be one of the better strike rates from a New Zealand under-20 team. Unfortunately, they haven't done anything since then. <laughs> well, it, it it goes back to um the you know we 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 had another under twenties team like years before that one years before that one because we do it and that sort of produced a truckload of uh, All Blacks out of it as well. So it seems to be a, a a wave comes through, doesn't it? You know, I don't think it's I don't think I don't think it stopped there because it was Luke, Luke Jacobson was also in that side. But if you look at some of the other players who could possibly be All Blacks from this particular team. I look at somebody and we'll get to them a, a little bit early. Did I mention Dalton Papali, but uh, also uh, Marino Michaeli too as well was also in that team. My God. And then you then you think of somebody who plays for Harbour, like Jacob Pierce, who everybody's tagging to be an All Black. That, that could be just insane. Well, let me, let me just, um, as I happen to have written an article on um, these guys uh, about four or five years ago, um, now, let's have a look at the uh, the class of 2011 from that under-20s team. Um, That's one I was referring to, I think. Sac um, Sakalia uh, in, in the one jersey, Cody Taylor, Ben um, Tamanifuna, uh, Steve Luatua at four, Brody Retallick, Brad Shields, Sam Kane, and Luke Whitelock is your back row. Wow. TJ Piranara, Gareth Anscombe, Charles Piatau, Lima Sopawanga, Francis Saili, Mitchell Scott, and Bowden Barrett. Um, <laughs> coming off the bench, we've got uh, what, Dominic Bird, uh, Brad Weber, um, Waizaki Naholo. So not a bad uh, not a bad strike rate there. <laughs> All wonder, out of that 15 I'm, have gone on to wonder, international rugby. I wonder, just who, about. I wonder who'd win that game, the 211 team or the 217 team? Oh, I'll go 211. No, I'd go the 217 right team right now. Oh, right now, yeah, because they're, they're younger. <laughs> Sorry, guys, got us off the track. Um, Digressing yeah, again. If you look at that, I mean, out of that two eleven team, I think I think I say I think fourteen out of fifteen of those guys have got on to uh, the signing fifteen have got on to play international rugby. Uh, actually, no, sorry, maybe thirteen out of fourteen. Mitchell Scott probably not. 
Um, but that's that, that, yeah, an amazing strike rate there. I, I, I know we've wildly gone off the track on terms of talking about the game, but I mean, like Aaron says, this is like, I mean, not necessarily George Bridge, who I always felt was a bit of a stopgap measure, to be fair. Um, but Sever Reese, um, you know, he was the guy, the, 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 the fans' favorite in terms of a winger la, only last year. To, um, to and, be, you know, the, the twinkling feet. To be, to be fair to those two guys, they'd actually played their way in because Rico. Ioani's form had had very much dropped off. Dropped the, off. Dropped off the radar, and I was just trying to cons- consider who, who the other winger who, had, who may have dropped off. As, Waisaki as Naholo. The, yeah, Waisaki Naholo had dropped off the radar. Uh, Julian Savia had gone overseas, so you, 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 you're probably right. It's a bit harsh to call them stopgap, but I know what you mean. They were guys. That, oh, that, well, that I mean, not, bit, not so much Sevu Reese, but I mean, to me, George Bridge was like he's a he's an industrious player that makes oh, the right call. He's still a oh, he's still a good player. He's a, he's a yep. sort of guy, you know. It's, it's good to hang around. I mean, to say you get a day where it's a wet conditions, wet underfoot. You know, he's probably not a bit. You know, he's a guy. He's going to do most of his base his basics. Basics. Well. Yep. Um, I I would like to think it's best that uh, we have still somebody. Um, on the shelf that we can we can utilize, especially if there's injuries, it's pretty handy to be able to call in in those sort of guys. I'm sort of kind of answering Aaron Aaron's question. Hey mate, you're only an injury or two away from coming back in the squad. Coming back, so you so you wouldn't exactly go for somebody completely new. You'd look at either Severich or George Bridge, but we also know Will Jordan can also play on the wing as well. <laughs> Hey, there's a. I mean, look, Caleb Clark's got a lot of um, hamstring muscle there to sort of have an issue with. <laughs> um, yes, he um, he definitely does. So yeah, let's let's just run through the um, that then. So we then um, uh, we all got to doing great at the, at, at uh, uh, with with with, uh, with with turnover ball. Um, and we had then the the kick through. Jordy Barrett chased, tackled tackled Corribetti, forced him over the line um, to touch it down, which meant a five meter scrum. Off that back of that five meter scrum, um, we had Good Hugh going close, uh, and then Aaron Smith um, sniping over to score. Um, Jack Goodhue, a much better game this weekend. Again, running hard and straight and getting over that game line, rather than necessarily trying to do too much, just trying to keep his game pretty simple. It didn't start too well. Uh, his first, his first part pass hit the ground, and poor old Caleb, with those big twitchy, twitch fibre, twitch muscles, had to <laughs> bend down and, uh, and and pick up a, a bit of a shocker of a pass and knocked it on. That wasn't wasn't his fault. So it wasn't so much accurate, but I think they did the right thing. They went a little bit more direct because I think one one player who never dropped his standards in in the All Blacks today was actually the All Black skipper. His carrying ability is just, you know, we look at Arby Savia. Good carrier, Frizzell, good carrier, but they just at some stage had to be direct, and they were they were direct on that occasion. He got his nose through the advantage line, and the forwards got there quick enough, and that left the opportunity for Claire and Smith easy, really, at the end of the day. So for the All Blacks, um, on the uh, the carrying side of things, uh, Jack Goodhue carried ten times, as did Anselm Brown, as did Bowden Barrett, as did Sam Kane. Sam Kane carried ten times. Um, the um uh the uh in in, in that one uh and you, you're quite right aaron I, I did just totally um just skip the first name in case i, I said josh good by accident 
Um, the um, Aaron did that at the game today. <laughs> <laughs> and then we said, you did a pull. <laughs> tell you what, Josh, Josh I, don't, I know Josh watches this show sometimes. He'd be celebrating. <laughs> Knowing that he did that against the Wallabies, not. The, uh, um, so, um, yeah, lots of carrying um, by, by Sam Kane. And then he also topped the tackle, tackle count with 14 tackles. Again, the uh, the top um, All Black uh, for, for tackling, same number as Ned Hannigan, um, interestingly enough. Um, but um, so yes, yeah, so that was uh, yeah, Captain as, yeah, as Aaron said, yeah, Captain Kane really stood up and I think yeah has answered a lot of critics um, as to as to should he be in the team? Is he is he worthy of his jersey? The answer is a resounding. Oh, look, for, yes. for, for me, with Sam Kane, I mean, he was the best defensive number seven by a long way. You know that we've got. Um, I always had question marks over his attacking game and whether he gets involved in the attacking side of it enough, um, especially as a seven. But I, I think today, you know, he, he was there. He was there in the attacking game. Obviously, he scored a try. So, um, and there was a couple other touches that he had as well. So, uh, no, all round brilliant game today from him. Yep. Um, then we had the uh, the um, the Wallabies came back um, with, uh, as I say, targeting uh, or. Legally targeting Barrett as well, putting him under pressure. Um, but then Hannigan makes that break, um, gives it to Hooper, quick ruck to um, to, to uh, and, and then it goes out wide and um, uh, and they uh, and they score and with a with a good touchline conversion um, as well. And it was definitely game on at that at that stage. We'd had a lot of play from the Wallabies before then, but no points, and they really um, needed and deserved that one. Yeah, a little bit of get run against play, I, I felt, because I mean, apart from um, the strong start that they had, the All Blacks did feel like it did feel like at the ground anyway um, that the All Blacks were sort of having the better moments of the game, um, mm. whereas the Wallabies weren't. And obviously, this in this lead up to the strikers, obviously where Joe Moody gets um, knocked out um, as well. So and then Hannigan goes through that gap. But uh, one, one thing, I mean, I know um, our fellow. Um, member on the panel that pops in every now and then John O'Connor mentioned in our own sort of messengers that they were targeting Moanga um, channel but to be honest at the ground it didn't feel that way what it felt like is that the Australians were actually going wide um, and with purpose and accurately and um, so it, it felt like they were they were getting awesomely quick ball they were really getting their clean out happening getting that ball going wide and exposing the numbers on the outside channels regularly. In this situation here, obviously Hannigan's gone straight up the guts, um, bumped off Moody, and um, and then they've got it wide. But uh, yeah, I, I just thought that their their um, the dynamic game of the Australians was actually quite good in terms of getting that ball, the razzle dazzle, that sort of and and passing using the backline. There's a Paul. It's, it's a very similar style to where the Australians played in the um, <clears throat> in the late '80s and '90s. Very very quick ball movement, um, changing direction very, very quickly. They just weren't quite accurate. The timing at times, their timing was a little bit out. We saw one there where Marika um, I was going to say Marika Vodimbaka um, <laughs> Corabetti basically got himself into position to be that extra man and all he really did had to do was basically take the pass and shift it and they had some really good space to, uh, to operate. Um, I, I think the problem for the Australian. He, the he was rocks and diamonds today, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah he had yeah. moments where he was absolutely was awful, and other other moments where he was really good. Um, Corabetti, unfortunately, yeah, seemed a bit um, a bit stone-handed today. 
Yeah, just and just on defence. I mean, so they, they might have been targeting uh, Moanga, but I thought that stop in the corner was just absolutely superb. Who did he hold up in the corner? Could was that was Corbetti? That's Corbetti. Yep. That, that he held up in the corner. That was absolutely fantastic. Um, going off target. Okay. No, no. Before <laughs> before we go off on before we talk about the referees, over. Um. So yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm going to agree here that I, yeah, I don't think they were targeting Rich Moanga's channel. If they were, it failed because he had to make four tackles. He made two, he missed two. But when you think that Jack Goodhue um, made 13, missed one, Antoinette Brown made 13, missed nil, yeah, they were moving it wider than... The they were moving line. it wide. The ball, ball was yeah. right. And they were doing it well. They, they, most yeah. of the time, they were doing it well. Um, it was always like, whoop, here we... You know, again, when you sit on the west end, you, you get a great perspective on where the gaps are, which side they should go, and when they go the wrong way, you really... Yeah, anyway, but that's another story. But yeah, you can see, like, here we go. They've got the numbers on the All Blacks. Can they manipulate it? They were getting forward momentum. They, they were outflanking the All Blacks and were getting forward up the field. Um, obviously, they weren't quite able to finish it, though. That's the issue that they've got to um, resolve. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll do this very quickly, but touch on the refs. Angus Garden had a good game. Not much more to need to say, really. Not much more you could say about that. The only thing is, and this worked both ways, it wasn't like he was favouring one team at all. There was a lot... <laughs> He needs to just tighten up on um, allowing, or sorry, players coming through the gate. Um, both sides were sending players that were cleaning out from the side. They weren't coming right. through the gate. What, and again, I, great angle to see it from at, yeah. at the West End. What I do like about Angus Gardner, though, really great communicator. He's communicating, you know, he's computer communicating with the players, telling them what they should be doing and not wrong. I mean, say for example, uh, Joe Moody with the penalty, he gave them penalty, plenty of opportunity. Um, to let him know, get your hands off the ball, and Moody just wasn't fast enough. And um, of course, the, the penalty. I like him as a ref. Yeah, Steve. Now, Steve will be disappointed. I'll cornflake Steve though, because no cards were handed out. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, Angus Cardner. I mean, it's just, his, his name's just fantastic. Um, <laughs> the um, but yeah, uh, Jordan's yeah, exactly where I was going to go next. Um, we lost to Moore soon after that try. Two um, from when he when he was kicking the ball, looks like he did his own groin. I think losing Tamura at that point and that double playmaker axis that the Wallabies were using, um, I think it was a massive loss for them just before half Yeah, time. look, yeah, because um, when um, Jordan Pataya uh, uh, came on, um, one, one, one moment I remember in the game, I'm pretty sure it must have been in the first half because they were coming, yeah, no, second half, sorry, second half had to be, second half, and it's just like he's... Um, it, there's, there's numbers. The Australians had numbers and they were close enough to the line that if they crashed at a gap, they would have made it over the line. But he took the ball and he ran sideways and he kept running sideways and the the fence just basically all gathered in on him and took him out of play and the Australians were left with numbers unmarked. So, yeah, I, I think you, you could be right with Tamora going in a bit of an experience there. Maybe I think um, with the number of uh, injuries that Pattaya's had, it's got to have um, having an effect on his confidence and sort of, you know, th 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 that happens, right, with most players. So oh, I just sort of think that was a crazy error that he made where he just it just felt like, you know, you're watching a you know, under-9s game and it's like, I've got the ball and I'm going to go score the try and do it for the team. It's just like, no, you, all you had to do was draw and pass and it probably would have been scored. Yep. Um, the the, the, the All-Bats came out of the sheds at pace. Um, created space for, for um, uh, showed great patience after that. I think it was one of the big things that they did, they showed. I mean, it was a very fast pace in the first half. The second half, they came out, they, they played pace, but were patient. 
waited until they got the overlap for Jordy Barrett to basically walk over untouched um, to score out wide. I'm not a. I'm still to be convinced about Jordy as a as a winger. I think he's a wonderful player, um, but I think he's a fullback or a centre, not really a winger. Uh, but today he 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 played well on the wing. First off, chasing to put Corbetti over, and then keeping his width um, to score that try, and obviously having his boots on the pitch is always, is always a big help. Um, but yeah, it was good to see that the yeah patience was, was the big thing that they probably talked about in in, in the sheds for that one. Um, and then, well, four, two, three minutes later, clicking, clicking, kicking um, to Caleb Clark in the middle of the pitch, and then not having a first up tackle on him was it was a disaster. As he, yes, basically showed did, did, added uh, a, a piece of play that will probably be in his high, highlight reel for the rest of his career. Uh, as he just broke up the middle of the pitch, um, got through I don't know six, seven tackles. Um, and um, ended up, uh, yeah, basically running running up what 50, 60 meters to set up the next try. Oh, um, <laughs> wrong! Obviously, you've been buzzed out. Yeah, been buzzed out. <laughs> um, oh, look, that's that's um, oh, just now you made me lose my thought what I was going to say, but uh, that was just amazing. I, I think what we talked about before in terms of. Uh, awesome debut match and uh, last week and then the starting debut this week. But that's the moment that basically he announced himself to the world, is that that play there. I mean, there'd been obviously lots of other great things that he'd done, but that moment is just like, yeah, look out, world, here I come. Yeah, yeah, Bowden Barrett in the whole game had five tackles, had five defenders beaten. I think um, Caleb Clark did that in that one run. Um, he finished <laughs> off with nine in total. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, it's been a while since we've seen a... Uh, uh, a fairly solidly built guy in a number eleven jersey, um, bumping people out of the way like that, isn't it, fellas? I, yep. I can't, I can't recall. Did Julian Savia wear the fourteen jersey? Most no, no, Julian's, Julian's eleven. He was wearing the eleven, so yeah, he'd be the he'd uh, he'd be sort of like joined a, a trilogy of of big wingers that uh, can beat defenders at will. But you know, I think uh, what Caleb's got is just that extra, as opposed to Julian. I think he's got a little bit more speed. Um, in the in the general, so to speak, uh, he yeah, just an incredible debut. But you know, we spoke before about his his work rate as well. Not let's not just forget his work rate. And I love the way the All Blacks used him to get over the advantage line in in that lead up to Jordy Barrett's try. Eventually, right? In terms of we, we we were sitting there in that game and we're sort of thinking, what are you guys doing? Just get the ball to Caleb with one on one, which they had opportunities to do. And it's just like they, the pass wouldn't go to him. And it's just like, just give him the ball. And then they finally started yeah, to do that. Yeah, yeah you know, we, we make the best experts when we're sitting from the stand. <laughs> oh, totally. Um, yeah. I'm an all-black selector just, in the just, West End, dude. Just, just, you know yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I play my best rugby watching from the television set. You know that. And, uh, <laughs> and after he's also head, head of referees as well. Um, totally. the, um... you, you, you know it. You know it. <laughs> Um, well, I can't help it if I keep making the right call. The, <laughs> I, 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 whilst we talk about um, the uh, about yeah, he's been the latest big eleven. Um, the big difference between Julian and uh, Caleb is where they're running. Julian did it. Julian basically stuck out in his wing uh, and played out there, whereas Caleb is is roving 
all over the park. Uh, so, yeah, very different style of, of play between the two of them. That, um, that's, that probably comes down to um, another part of his after-match conversation that he had, uh, where he sort of says, um, I'll probably have to go home and Dad will put it on the TV and we'll have to, I'll have to sit there with Dad and he'll tell me what I did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that was on the Sky TV after-match comment, uh, conversation they had with him. So it's like, yeah, Dad will make me watch this and he'll say, I could have done this better, I could have done that better. <laughs> I don't know. Dad, Dad looked plenty happy uh, watching from the stands. Uh, let's be honest. Um, I don't think, um, yeah, Dad, Dad, Dad looked happy. Um, that made it 27, 20 to 7. Um, and really, you felt that the, the, the Wallies had to score next. They very nearly did. Corabetti bashing over in the corner, Richard Mwanga getting underneath him um, and holding him up amazingly. Look, I was thinking, oh, look at this. This is Corabetti showing all these different skills he's learned, he's brought over from league. Um, and then gets held up. And then what amazed me was, I mean, Corbetti still had the presence of mind, which shows you, which would to, he's right, I'm held up. There's Tom Banks coming in. I'll pass it up to Tom Banks. Uh, and that's probably the first time I've seen someone do an offload in the end zone or in the try area to another player. Now, for a touchdown. For Yeah, for, well, it would have been a touchdown if, um, in the end if, zone. If Tom Banks had managed <laughs> to get it down, uh, but he didn't, he got held up as well. Um, as Jordy and somebody else came back to help out. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, that showed the work rate and the the, the, the want to win um, as, as uh, by, by this All Blacks team to hold up a player like that in the corner and then to hold up the next player. But I thought it was really good, um, i say, yeah, awareness by Corabetti to to offload um, that ball to, to, to Banks. Uh, so, in, sorry, in, because in, obviously... We, we we couldn't quite. We could see that Corbetti was held up. Did he actually yeah. offload to Tom Banks, and then he got held up as well? Yes. Ah, right. Um, which was so. Yeah, and that that all. Yeah, uh, all happened over the line. So you kind of like. Yeah, that was. Um, no, that was. Um, we then they then had a line out more um, with disallowed try for a second movement. Now, second, third, and fourth. Well, okay. He goes down, his arm's trapped underneath him. He lifts himself up to free his arm and then he reaches forward to put it down. Now, lifting up, unfortunately, onto his knees was the second movement. Um, so, yeah, he got himself in the wrong position when he, got, when he went down the first well, he, time. Well, yeah, we actually, he uses his arms to sort of get up and move forward, but he also uses his knee to propel forward as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. gets up on, basically onto all fours and then reaches and puts down. Um, but he couldn't reach from where he was originally because he was basically laying on his arm. Yeah, well, well um, but in saying that, yeah. so then you've made the two movements, right? It, it, it made yeah. it just it look at the time watching it live. It's like that didn't look right <laughs> watching it live, right? Because it was right down in front of us. It's like that doesn't look right, and this is like nah, it didn't look right. Yeah, it didn't look right, but it's kind of like he didn't sort of put it, pull himself up and then lunge forward like like you've seen, or or, or, or crawl like you've seen other ones. It's like something's wrong there, but I'm not quite sure exactly quite what. Um, it's not quite right, but <laughs> kind of thing. Good um, good work by Sam Kane, actually. He's the one that actually, well, I mean, like, I, I don't think it makes that much of a difference, but, you know, you, it still makes them think about it, right? He goes into the referee and says, he's on his, you know, he's on his knees. Have a look, he's on his knee. He's moved onto his knee and will move forward from the knee. And uh, it's very shortly after that, it was like, oh, you yeah, know, try. Yep. Um, the... Uh, in between those two, uh, on 50 minutes, we had the remainders of the All Blacks front row replaced. So that was pretty early um, and showed faith in the bench um, to bring on 
the uh, said so the reserve um, other the other the other reserve prop um, uh, and the other uh, I've gone blank um, hooker. Nipo uh, Lalala. There we go. Cody Taylor. Those two. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was pretty early to be changing to to be changing to your, to your second front row, uh, but I guess with um, plenty of test matches coming up, it's good to rotate the players and give them all of it some a bit of game time. You thought it was um, early that they changed the props. I mean, I mean apart from um, obviously for Moody and, yeah. and Hodgman had to come on. Isn't that sort of part of the script at sort of a thirty to go at, at the fifty minute mark? You change your props. That seems to be always written in the in the Bible, so to speak, as to Thou it's shalt replace 50, your props at 50. I thought it was closer to 60 than 50. <laughs> I'm always, I said to, well, I, I said to the people around me, this is like, they said, oh, how come they're bringing, how come they're um, changing the props? And I was like, dude, it's 50 minutes. That's what they do. So <laughs> I've always felt that. <laughs> so um, soon after that, we had the ball ripped in the tackle. Um, Jordy Barrett finds, uh, finds his brother uh, on the break. Patrick Tuopolotu shows some really nice hands um, and a netball pass, not a not a basketball pass, I'm going to say, um, out to Sam Kane um, to score. So, again, quickly attacking off the uh, off turnover ball. Also in the second half, actually, one thing I mentioned, there seemed to be more kicking um, early in the second half as well from both sides, which plays into the All Blacks' hands who like broken field play to attack from, which is what you can get from kicking jewels um, as well. And that's what saw, yeah, I think that that was part of the reason that we saw the All Blacks pull away um, and win this one. Obviously, apart from the two disallowed tries, we've got to remember yeah, the Wallabies did go close uh, in those two and could easily have been within striking distance come the end if those had gone their way. They didn't quite though. Um, other players, I thought. Um, I thought that uh, T.J. Perinara came on and uh, had a, a, a really put himself about. Um, any other players you want to have a quick mention of before we flip over to the Mitesen Cup and Farrah Cup? No, let's not. I just think for um, I just think from Aussie's point of view, just an, an observation. Last week, Nick White was very, very good. I thought today he was he was quiet. They negated him. Dalguni, who was good last week, mm-hmm. once again was quiet. It, it seemed as though the All Blacks um, marked him very, very well. Um, I'll tell you what, they will develop into a good back line, especially with the Dalguni and, and um, Korobiti on the wings and also Banks. They've, they've got running in them, no question whatsoever. And I think once they get used to each other's game, I, I think they'll be they'll go great guns. Um, Tumua, real big uh, loss, loss for them. But uh, listen, in, in the end, I mean, so that if I can give them a bit of credit, uh, most Australian teams were 25. I think we scored our final try at about the 54th minute. So that's 20, 25 minutes we went without points. And I think an Australian team maybe a year ago or two years ago would have conceded way more points. So at least they, they hung in there and stayed on stayed in the fight. And, you know, they probably created some opportunities which they just didn't take through poor handling um, in that yeah. last quarter. Oh, look, I totally agree. I mean, as I've said a few times through the show today, is that um, they were their backline was operating well. They were creating opportunities. Y- yeah, they didn't convert them today, but they know that it's working for them. Um, they were getting the numbers. They were had you know uh, three on five overlaps um, regularly and the like. You know, numbers, not just one one extra number out there. They'd have e- multiple extra numbers out there. So um, I, I don't think that they need to panic or you know get disappointed too much. Um, Hey, it didn't pan out on the day today, but 
it's still coming together and i think it's going in the right direction it looks like it's going in the right direction for them yeah yeah two two weeks time at anz stadium they're gonna have 40 000, 40 000 there you know that's, that's i don't know are they that's that's one thing does are we do we know that they can have crowds in australia yeah, they, they, they they can but they won't be they won't be able to completely fill it from what i understand they can okay. have up to forty thousand there but that'll still be a good home crowd no question Maybe half of it. Half of it will be Kiwis. Um, <laughs> 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 <I got it. laughs> um, actually, a couple of players we talked about quite a bit last week at Luke Owen, um, Saikai Lotto and Matt Phillip, not quite as evident this yeah. weekend as they were last weekend. Um, I think, to be honest, I think it comes back to a comment that uh, I think Jordan made. Um, you know, the All Blacks front, you know, your your no team. It's very hard for a backline to operate or be successful if the forward pack isn't doing anything yeah. right. Last week, last week they they the the fire in that All Blacks pack really wasn't to the level expected. Today it was, and um, you know I think that that would have meant that you didn't give you know you have what we talked names that we just talked about with like Phillips and um, Solakai. They didn't weren't able to because they weren't given the time and space or the ability to do what they did last week because they were getting shut down because was, the All Blacks were playing with a bit more intensity than they did last week. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so cracking game. Two, I mean, two very good Bledisloe Cup games we've, we've, we've had now the last two weekends. And you say, yeah, we get a weekend off um, to uh, to breathe and then we're back again um, for, is it, so is it in two weekends' time? Yeah, two one? weekends' time. Yep. Um, over in Oz. Um, so looking forward to uh, to that game. Um, as well. Moving on then, let's go um, Farrah Palmer Cup first up. Um, Hawks Bay um, versus Manoa 2 uh, finished 12-29 um, um, and that meant that uh, Manoa 2 um, secured themselves um, as a uh, the, um, the, the second berth in the South Division um, there um, ahead of Wellington and Otago. Um, they fought it out 27-24 um, in their game. The other game in the South Division saw Canterbury beat Tasman 84-0, which I think was pretty much um, what uh, we were expecting um, from, from, from that kind of game. Um, in the Northern Division then, uh, Bay of Plenty lost to Northland 0-32, which I think is a bit of a um, surprise, um, to, be, to be honest with you, um, with that one. Um Bay of Plenty, a decent side um, to be nilled by Northland. Uh, that was a that's an impressive performance by Northland uh, women there, even if it wasn't enough to force them into um, the playoff picture. Uh, unfortunately, but they've had a real a real breakout season um, this season. Uh, yeah. And Stephen, yeah, Paul, I was about to say probably the difference in the season was probably Crystal Murray. Uh, dropping the ball close to the line in the game against Auckland, a conversion would have given them a uh, a uh, a draw or the sh- a share of the a share of the spoils that day, and that one point was probably would have been enough to just finish in front of Auckland, and it would have given them a a semi final placing, I believe, because the top two in each round go through to the uh, semi final. So we're looking at uh, <clears throat> is it Canterbury, Manawatu, Waikato, and Auckland? No, it's not. No, um, so no. we'll get on. No, Waikato, Auckland played today. Okay. Um, so then, um, the, the other the other game there. Um, so yeah, Auckland um, lost to Waikato seventeen twenty six, which meant that left them on. Uh, that was a, that was um, before the All Blacks game. We were, were you there for that one, Arshan? Yeah, 
Oh, I was there for most. Oh, the second half. Yep. Most of the second half. Second half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I'd written the game off, tell you the truth, because Waikato jumped out to a big lead. Um, and then really Auckland sh- should have actually been able to come back and win that one, even though, you know, there's still, what, what 10-point gap? Nine-point gap? Um, they were they were all over Waikato with about ten minutes to go. They could have easily scored the extra the points that they needed, just the lack of accuracy, um, no speed in the back line, yeah, and that's what killed them. They they created opportunities where um, basically they got shut down because their back line was just didn't have the pace in it to to, to take advantage of the um, what was created. Um, and the final game was Taranaki versus Counties, three to one hundred and seven. Um, that means that counties have racked up the two biggest scores of this season, um, beating Harbour 89-3 in the opening round and Taranaki 3-207 in the last round. And that was Did basically... It, what, what was canterbury Tasman's score? That was a, a century, wasn't it, I thought? I thought that was a century. You want to... canterbury Tasman was 84-0, 89-3. Oh, okay. was, was, sorry, 89 was the... So, yeah, so yep. the two highest scores were, were, were by counties. Um, yeah, there were, there were a few scores in the 80s, but there was... Um, during the season. Um, but those two points differences were enough to see counties finish ahead of Auckland and Northland to um, claim that second place as they all finished on the uh, same number of points. That means that the two semi-finals will be Canterbury versus Counties Manukau uh, and Waikato hosting Manawatu next weekend. Times to be announced as to when those games will be. Um, but congratulations to those teams. Um Maybe on to the Mike's 10 Sorry? Paul, Paul, I was just going to say that's really interesting because uh, in the uh, Farrah Palmer Cup on uh, Tribe, they've got uh, Waikato playing the uh, Manawatu Cyclones and Canterbury playing, playing Auckland. Auckland. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm just checking the uh, oh. table. Because that's what I was going to say to you, Paul. Um, we need to talk about this table and how it's uh, worked out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to bring the table up. Uh, the official website for the Might of Ten is—I'm just making sure—2020 is showing Auckland finishing in fourth position in the North Pool. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think I think you've got it right in terms of counties Manukau in second place. I think the tribe's got it. Um, uh, needs to update that because there's okay. no way Auckland's points difference. There's three teams finishing on 21, so you can't do, can't do who beat who. Um, even though Auckland actually beat both of those teams. Um, and then counties in Northland have actually oh, got a massively oh, superior. Well, okay. hang on. Tiebreakers, Be- most, most competition points against other tied teams. Other oh, tied teams. Oh, dear. So it's going to depend on how Auckland, Northland yep. and counties games all finish. Yep, so uh, Auckland, beat, Auckland beat both counties and Northland. So that's why they're going to finish second. But that's wrong. Mm-hmm. So I've stuffed up. I've stuffed no, that I, up. No, I think I think counties may have beaten Auckland. I, oh, did they? I thought I thought count, Auckland beat counties. No, um, count. count oh, listen, maybe actually, we'll, you want to? We'll, I, I, we'll, see, I forgot we'll, my. F- maybe we'll clarify that tomorrow night, Paul, on the show. Yes, maybe we'll. Yeah, anyway. there is conjecture. <laughs> it was tight. That's a big word. <laughs> the second place. I think, got, I think we can safely say. Um, <laughs> With uh, with with um, with Auckland, right. Northland, and Counties finishing on all of the twenty one points, um, and we'll 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 let, we'll let you know who who grabs the uh, semi final berth. To tr- is it going to matter? Is it going to matter? I mean, like, should we just give Canterbury the trophy again? Well, I was going to say, yeah, with 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 the uh, the 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 yeah the pleasure 
of travelling down to County of, of down to Canterbury and probably losing. To be honest, next weekend. To, anyway. to be honest, I think out of the um, out of the four teams that uh, you know, Waikato Counties, Northland, Auckland, the team with the best chance of challenging Canterbury is actually Counties. Yes and no. I, the, the, the problem the counties have had is that when they've played the, the weaker teams, they've thrashed them. When yep. they've played some of the stronger teams, they've struggled a bit. So they struggled a bit. Yep, yep, so, yep fair enough. So but I, I just. Just cricketing parlance. Are they flat track bullies? Flat track, yeah. But the other thing is that looking at the Waikato squad, they don't actually have a. Their, their, their team, when you look at their team, is basically the same size in the forwards and the backs. Their forward pack is very small. I just got to say I'm a bit biased, guys, but it's a shame Northland didn't get through because I think they would have been a real rough diamond. I mean, as so I like Paul said, that 32-0 scoreline at the Bay of Plenty is an impressive scoreline, and they, I do believe they've actually got a bit of X factor in there. So any team that's got Portia Woodman, and yeah. I guess it's it's a case of give Caleb the ball, give Portia the ball. Portia the ball. I have, yeah. That's been in New Zealand rugby for and women's rugby for a while, hasn't it? Is like give Portia the ball every time she gets the ball. It's like way, woohoo, let's go. Yeah, good season for um, the Cody, though. Sorry, we, we we will yeah we will clarify who um who is in that semi final um berth um on the morning sports briefing tomorrow if it's clear on the website if it's not then it will have to wait until the following morning sports briefing um, and um tomorrow because tomorrow evening we do not have the driving more folks we do have a schedule change and swinging from the hip will be at eight pm tomorrow evening um with uh, in its new slot on a Monday evening for our cricket show. If Ashwin is ready, <laughs> if he's done his planning, <laughs> what planning? And I've got I've got a full day of work tomorrow. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so it might be a, an alfresco. Yeah, off the cuff. An alfresco un unplugged. Um, unplugged. The, <laughs> Swing from the so, hip, unplugged. The uh, mighty ten cup then. Ranfilly Shield Friday evening. Um, Northland having opportunities, not putting them away. Hawks Bay putting away the opportunities, winning 33-17. Uh, you just want to make, yep, 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 want to make yep, Steve yep, cry. No, you, no, you pretty much summed it up in one. You've hit it right on the head. Northland's tactics were... Anybody playing uh, Hawks Bay, you don't want them to get their line-out drive more into the game. So what you do is you make sure you play most of the game in their half. And for that first 30 minutes, Hawks Bay were playing out of their quarter, kicking the ball straight back to Northland. They change, they, they tweak their tactics uh, at halftime. You can catch up with all our interviews on New Zealand Sport uh, Sport Radio. Check it out and just talking to their coaches. They changed their tactics. They decided to use their line out a bit more, get a bit, a bit more attacking position, and they gradually ground Northland down and a Northland side that just made far too many basic errors. Even though they fought back to 21-10, I think it is, straight from the kickoff, Scott Gregory drops the ball, end the game. Move on. Um, I was locked up yesterday um, to counting in the election, so hence I missed all these games. Um, but um, Man of Two versus Bay of Plenty, 35-53, high-scoring affair, um, with uh, Bay of Plenty, as expected, coming out on top. Anything from the, from the games, particularly, guys? Yep, I've got a, I've got something from that game, guys. The, uh, the two coaches got together at the beginning of the game and said, tell you what, guys, today, tackling is optional. <laughs> there was none. <laughs> so, hence you had... A whole lot of a whole lot of points. Both teams would be absolutely disappointed uh, with uh, with their defensive. I think it's an incredible stat the amount of missed tackles from both teams. Unfortunately for Manawatu, capable of scoring points, 
but unfortunately they lick a whole lot of points. And we'll go to Ashwin because he was at the Tasman Auckland game. Oh, just before you get to the Tasman Auckland game, I just want to go back to. I just want no, no, I was there, I was there, but um, I just want to get back to the uh, Northland Hawks Bay Northland game, and it's just like we we I think we need to just have a quick chat about one player, and I I think Steve's going to know who Scott Gregory. I mean, to me, I'm I'm sorry, but he's a player that is going missing. He's going missing. I mean, I don't know. We've talked about whether he might be still holding, having niggles or injuries maybe he shouldn't be playing and he should be getting over that injury etc but the end of the day he's a young player people say oh he's a young player he's a young player with lots of experience he's played so much international sevens rugby and he's he's a he's not just the fact that he's played lots of international sevens rugby he's one of their senior members effectively in that squad um and and to do some of the things that he does on a rugby field in the 15s game You'd be pulling your hair out as a coach because you're sort of looking to him as being one of your experienced players yeah. that does the right thing and leads the team around, and he's there's, not delivering. There's a there's a train of thought apart from the coaching staff that he's not a fullback. He's a guy. If you recall, from Ray Boys High School, he either played first five or second five. All of a sudden, you turn him into a fullback. Very very similar scenario scenario to Michael Collins, who was at the Blues. They turned him into a fullback as well. There's a train of thought that he's more of a more suited to the midfield, but, you know, coaches, it's, it's their prerogative at the moment. A guy I forgot to mention, Finlay Christie's been playing some great rugby, but, boy, are we starting to see the best of Sam Knock, Sam Knock. at the moment because his running is absolutely devastating. Got a great high-kick game, and the defensive work that he does in that Northern team is purely amazing. Now we can go back to Paul, and we can cover that game that I missed because there was another game on at the same time as the... Tasman Auckland. 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 Oh. Man, 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 no, Man, 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 he missed that Wellington versus um, Harbour. 25-20 with Harbour. Look, they really have bounced back, um, shown shown there's, there's, there's a lot of grit about them. Um, but I believe a Julian Surveyor um, last-minute try from, memory, from, 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 uh, from I don't know what, what I've seen, a tweet or something, um, was the difference between these two sides. Um, and, yeah, Harbour really are putting it to teams now, having beaten Tasman recently. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that that have really stepped up. Actually, I, but, but then te- uh, I think, I mean, like, again, I didn't see the game. Did you see the game, Steve? Or? Yeah, 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 I did. Oh. I, so I tell us about games. the end. Oh, listen, basically, Wellington, Wellington deserved their win. The, the first half, Harbour looked really good. And then Wellington changed their tactics. They started targeting the, the wings with, with high kicks, sort of Sean Stevenson. And you know Sean Stevenson, he can be rocks and diamonds. Dropped a couple of dropped a couple of kicks, which gave Wellington the position, and they slowly roped um, roped the um, <clears throat> roped North Harbour in because I think one stage North Harbour were up by a decent decent score though trip. I think they might have even been up twenty one seven. Bit of rope a dope at, at 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 some stage, but you know full credit to uh, to Wellington, they really worked their their way back into this game and. Uh, their uh, hooker played really well, not us. Um, um, Amua, the other guy that normally starts, can't just, just his name escapes me. I'll do a do a pull, it's gone, gone blank. Um, <laughs> oh, I've gone blank, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that guy he played really O'Reilly. well. O'Reilly, O'Reilly was the hooker for um, yeah, O'Reilly, O'Reilly had an absolutely fantastic game. He, he was uh, one of that, uh, the standouts, and as Aaron said, Harbour should have won, they had plenty of chances at the end of the game. But, uh, yeah, and so he had some line-out drives right at the end, but could not get it right for some reason. 
And, yeah, uh, that, that's why I was asking about the end of the game because I just read, uh, I was reading the, um, the 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 tribe app just out as this is when the game's finished and I mentioned about Taramai driving towards the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the whistle went after that. Yeah, yeah. Just a yeah, just one of those things. Just a, a bad day at the office in that in the back half of that game for uh, for North Harbour. Yeah, so Julia's tryouts was sixty-five minutes in, not 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 at the death like I was suggesting earlier. Um, so um, so there we go. Um, uh, yeah, then Austrian. Yeah, I say you were at Auckland versus Tasman. Auckland beating Tasman thirty-one ten. Wow, I mean, what a surprise! I, mean, I, I, I saw it. I did a Steve. You know, not it wasn't the All Blacks game, but I, I was just like, you know, got to the game and put took a picture, did a selfie with my son as we do, you know, and uh, so it's like. Here, here at Eden Park, or sorry, I should say at Cooper's Catch Park, um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we was like, you know, not expecting the W, but we're here, and it's just like, boy, did they four tries in the first half, and one thing that's just stood out massively. So okay, let's take a little bit of a step back. Auckland, the Fords have been doing really well. Accuracy's been a little bit missing, just sort of just short of the sort of accuracy that they need to have. So, but they've been going well. But the the backline's been dysfunctional, basically. Um, really, no no penetration, um, nothing really happening there. Yesterday, I, I don't know. I'm I'm putting it down to Zahn Sullivan uh, making his starting debut for for the Blue and Whites. Huge difference. He made a huge difference coming in to that backline. Um, his presence in the backline as well. It's like I'm doing this, everybody, and so everybody knows what he's doing. And so they get it, you know, it's not guesswork, right? And it's just like they can, they know what he, Zahn's going to be doing. And uh, yeah, can, I, just, I just think he ran that back that, line effectively. And that's right. He's running that from fullback. Mm. Not even from, yeah, he's, he's like, not from first five. Really... Not from first five. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Just to, just to tick on what Ashwin said, I think he added stability, a bit of stability at the back. Really, really uh, good positive um, option taking. But I also thought. Yeah. Best, best game I've seen from both um, Ruru and Plummer as a combination. I thought they, they ran the cutter for Auckland really, really well. And listen, ably led up front by, unfortunately, um, and it's going to be a big loss for uh, for Auckland, Jack Wetton. He just ran that. I thought Jack Wetton just just marshaled that pack absolutely brilliant. And I thought the, uh, the, the, the three Lucys were very, very good. In fact, they got absolutely stuck into Tasman. And Tasman were never able to get in in that game, and at the end of the day, were they lucky? They were lucky to get seven, seven ten, ten. Yeah. Yeah. They were lucky to get ten. Seriously, yep. but there was an incident in oh. the game four um, where where um, <clears throat> Ashwin and I tend to differ. Um, this is guys in in and that I'm going to lift them in the line out. You've got to bring them up and bring them down safely. By the way, <laughs> you know that's what happens when you them Okay. Yeah, but what's missing yeah. from that picture is a red arm that's just rushing the man and bringing him down the other side. Now, what people don't know is Steve's had that security blanket since he was five. <laughs> I know. I know. Give him hugs. I need he's hugs. My, he's, when my, when my wife's doing night shifting, Steve's right here with me. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, the, the two, the two, the, the two props. I think uh, Marco Fapulio and I think the other prop was help me out here, Jared Adams. 
Yeah, um, as, as a friend texts me today, those two props should have been yellow carded or red carded <laughs> for not bringing the player down safely. So it's it's just it's just an unfortunate accident. But yeah, I'll be curious to have, to have a look at it if you get a get a chance. It, it wasn't good, and more importantly, let's hope that Jack Witten the injury isn't too serious. I haven't read anything online as yet, but yeah, that's. Could, no, I haven't heard anything either. It's quite yeah. disappointing, you know. And this is one of our complaints that we've had over the years: is that that lack of um, information that comes out to keep fans engaged. So this yeah. is a good example of it. I mean, fans will be waiting to know what, how, how he is, how he pulled up. I know that he did give the thumbs up when the um, the mini ambulance was uh, rolling off the field. So uh, hopefully that's yeah. a good sign. But yeah. um, just just in terms of Harry Plummer, just going back to the, um, I have to agree with you. I mean, I. I I don't think Harry Plummer's done anything flash, even when old um, when Blues were going well. Um, I thought, you know, it, it, he's been—I won't say struggling, but it's just—you know—it was not 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 great. You know, it's not great. I mean, but la- yesterday's game against quality opposition as well. It's not like some, um, you know, that's a full that's a full Super Rugby backline that they were up against. He he did well. His um, option taking was good, um, etc. So option taking across the Auckland backline. Was surprisingly good. You know, it's just not something we've seen in the last ra- rounds leading up to this. Here's, here's, a, here's a prediction. If you think if you think Caleb Clark is good at the moment, Rayasi on the wing is absolutely outstanding. I think he's been one of the standout wingers in the Mighty yeah, a- Cup, and he just once again, like Caleb Clark, just has strength and he's so good. Anything yeah. in the air, he just absolutely swallows up. He stands stands in the tackle, and I'm predicting he will. It's not a matter of if he'll be an All Black, it's a matter of when. How old is he? He's been around for a while now, though. We're, Anybody we're, know we're how old he is? We're Googling. There we go. He's 24. He's only 24. Okay. I just wonder, though, I mean, like, is it a, was it the right move for him to move down to the Hurricanes? I just sort of think he would have got game time with the Blues. Yep. I'll yep. be signing him. Yeah. And it's just like, I, don't, I mean... I know that they've, um, I, well, I mean, like with his form that he's started to just show in the last two games, because he's been a bit quiet leading up to that, but in the last two games, he's been dynamic. Um, is he going to usurp the Canes wingers that they'll have for next year? Because, yeah, you know, you, you sort of looked at the, the roster that they had, and it's just like, oh, he might not get a crack next year either. I'm not sure he's even rostered there this I don't think he, Did he have a contract there this year? Yeah, they're exactly. You know, that's, that sums it up, Paul. That sums it up. No, he's a he's a Canes. He's on the Canes roster. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the roster on, on Wikipedia at the moment, and he's not listed. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Great performance from Auckland. Really good yep. performance. Yeah. Was, yeah. Look, there and, was um, 31 nil ahead. This this yeah, as you say, there were the Tasman were were. Um, yeah, it was it was way too little, too late. Um, yeah, this game was done and dusted. Just after, the the like, interesting thing was that basically line. Tasman, where Auckland actually won it, although their backline obviously we just we've, we've waxed lyrical about the backline, but where they actually won it was in the forwards. Mm. Um, they, they tickled up the Tasman forwards. Really, when they in that first half when Tasman had the ball, they were just going backwards. Yeah, we had a, we had a fellow on the social network bemoaning the fact that they had all these players missing, and I just silently reminded this chap of who they actually had in their team and. Uh, They've, they've actually got depth that probably 10 other unions in the Mighty 10 Cup haven't got. 
So, yeah, no, you're right. Austin, he is down. He just isn't down on one of the other pages. Um, where I see is, yeah, is, is the Hurricanes. Absolutely. Um, the So moving on then to the next game, Southland um, lost to Taranaki 9-17. Um, I watched uh, that. You know, that, that was also on Saturday. So, again, I've not seen that one either. Um, but uh, Taranaki, boy, did they need that win. Yep, very very much so. And anybody who watched that game for the entire 80 minutes, uh, we're sending Congratulations. you a medal. We're, we're sending you medals and chocolates <laughs> for sitting through the whole eighty minutes because I tried to watch it. It was a, it was a, it was a very hard watch. I mean, it's a like hard South watch. Southland credit for, to them; uh, they stayed in the fight. But I think Taranaki might have just got the might have been just the one try in this this game, Paul. Um, oh. That ta, Taranaki uh, scored. I can't get yep. into my tribe, unfortunately. But the, to me, the real difference was just really in the halves and the disappointing thing for Dal McLeod will be really disappointed with his uh, with his drivers. I mean to say you're chasing the game with about 15 minutes to go and you're still kicking ball away. Go figure. Yeah, and they and also had the um, yellow card um, yep. for, for, for Taranaki during that period as well and still couldn't uh, um, get any points, which, yeah. And then, you know, lack of critical thinking at the critical part of the game instead of with, with about Four minutes, five minutes remaining when they had a kick in front of, well, just to the side of the uprights, uh, Southland decided to go to the corner when they were behind by eight points. So it's like, no, no, take the three and then get up there to score the try. Don't try and score the try and then not, we might get a penalty. You've got the penalty. Try and get the easy three and then try and score the converter or the get yep. the five-pointer. So, and then, and then ironically... The, the basically the game's over. Hooters about to go. They get a penalty and they go for sh shot at goal. Instead of well, that's to, that's to get the losing bonus point. But yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. But the thing is that well, they if they taken the three, they would have got the losing bonus point no, and still point. given themselves a chance to win the game. Yeah, and they missed the kick. Yeah, critical drivers not making good decisions. So yeah. Yep. Um, Otago played counties. Um, Forty to twenty-two, good win by Otago there. Um, Josh Chamua, uh, fantastic try uh, and man of the match performance from him. Um, but I'll be honest, I was watching Canterbury versus Waikato, so any, which I think was probably where most of us were watching it. That because both games were at the same time. I did, I did, I did have a look at the uh, Otago uh, Countess Monaco game. They were they were down by twenty-one three at one stage, and they actually came back and they were leading twenty-two. 21 so they played really well to get back in the game but when they did have the momentum credit the credit to Otago there was a critical period I think it was the third period where Otago defended their backsides off got an opportunity and that pretty much broke um, that pretty much broke uh, Counties Monaco altogether just they were just making too many little unforced errors as well although I, I liked what uh, Kieran Reid brought to the table he just seems to bring a little bit of stability to that uh, uh, Did he play today? He did play today, and um, Josh, uh, Josh, returning player Josh Dixon, was very good. So good, good performance all round. But my moment in the match that I did see there was Liam Cotman running down the uh, winger for Counties uh, Monaco. Monaco, the uh, boy that played for the Brumbies, really got on the outside of everybody, and Cotman actually. Random down, and I think that just emphasizes <coughs> how much yeah, target wanted to win. Uh, yeah, you, you talk about Kieran Drani there. Kieran Drani, yeah. he shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be there. He he looks in all the games that I've seen, he looks slow, 
unenthusiastic and just not involved. And has a Highlanders contract somehow. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so the game I did watch was uh, uh, was uh, Canterbury versus Waikato. Um, and uh, yeah, you definitely got your money's worth in this one. 89 minutes worth of uh, play. <laughs> and that doesn't include actually the extra time we had probably before the, at, at halftime either. Um, but yeah, wow, well, this one went all the way. The third one-point loss by Canterbury this season. Wow. And, con and controversy as well. In regular time, three minutes to go, Liam Missum scores, we think. It goes to the TMO. And um, it took them about three minutes to look at it. And um, they kept slowing it right down. But, you know, to me, if they'd shown that in fast time, I think you would have found that was a try. You'd almost thought, why cut away? Whoa, 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 hang on. Let's back the truck up here. Beep, no, beep, no, no, beep. No, we're not give us, give us some more information about what were they looking at? They were basically looking to see if he dropped the ball. But they oh, they so hang on, hang on. What's the difference from last week then, Steve? What's the difference from last week? Oh, he, oh, he scored with he had two hands on the ball. Yeah, but 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 <laughs> but doesn't two, matter. It's just like just downward pressure, not losing. The, the, no, there was clear separation in the uh, Yoani. No, no, there wasn't. No, there wasn't clear separation. <laughs> hey, push your chip paper, mate. Don't you worry about it. This? This? <laughs> <laughs> That's golden. He has to come back. <laughs> he has to be a regular on the show now. <laughs> He's our little ninja. Um, the, um, so, uh, um, but hey, in the end, it didn't matter because they, as I say, they scored on 89 minutes. Um, and uh, uh, Rihanna also put over what wasn't an easy conversion um, yeah. to, uh, to to seal the to, to seal the win. Uh, and, on deserved, that one. And, and deservedly, Paul, they they stayed in the fight. They were down 15, under 15, six at one stage, and you just thought, well, one more score would would break them. But they just hung in there, hung in there, and they're a young young side. And just I think having that elder statesman, uh, Liam. Um, Liam Messam yes, in the last sort of, oh, I was going to say 20 minutes, 28 minutes, uh, <laughs> I, I think was a real key. <laughs> I, actually, speaking of Novmum, worry about the heart rate up at around 500. I, I just wasn't worried about um, what's happened to old Nocturnal because he hasn't showed up tonight. And it's like mm. third loss for Canterbury this year. Yeah. Mind you, it's the first or premiership team because the other two losses have been to championship teams. The and but yeah, but but by only by one point, it's, it's it's they could so yeah, six points in the other direction, and suddenly they've got some um, uh, they've um, they've gone undefeated. I it's uh, yeah, crazy close for Canterbury this year. Um, so that means that we have Auckland at the top of the table on 24, closely followed by Waikato on 23, uh, small gap back to Tasman on 20, uh, Wellington on 19, and Canterbury on 18, Harbour. And Bay of Plenty both on twelve at the foot of the table in the Premiership. Um, that really has become a uh, tight battle. That Harbour have, have kicked into gear. Down the Championship, I think. Hawks just sorry, I'm going to have to button because we didn't really say this. I reckon Harbour's going to be absolutely annoyed. I'll say that that way about the, dropping the game to Wellington. They would have gone down there confident of picking up the W, um, which is not good news for Auckland, who they play next. Yeah. Oh, Battle of the Bridge. Fantastic. Yep. 
Yeah, that piece of um, that piece of steel that fell off the bridge years ago. Oh, not not from the crash recently. <laughs> not from the crash recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, over in the championship, or oh, down in the championship, Hawks Bay and Otago top the table on twenty points. Um, Hawks Bay first, Otago second, closely followed by Northland on eighteen. Um, Taranaki with that win over Southland, a jump above that fourteen points. Uh, Southland on eleven, and then Counties on five, and Manawa two on four. Um, those two clear at the bottom. I think uh, you can say that yeah, those two aren't going to trouble the playoff pictures. But I think yeah, it's going to be tight between Southland and Taranaki. I think for that fourth place in that one. Um, and we're just waiting for Stephen to have a quick ninja action. <clears throat> the <laughs> <laughs> on the left. Um, so uh, thank you very much boys um for uh for joining me this week um and uh we'll be back next week on sunday at 8 p.m we'll try and keep it to under an hour not an hour and 20 minutes um as we will have review all of the uh minor 10 cup and farrah palmer cup action cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.